4: Exclusively on the Florida Sports Network.
1: Twenty-two minutes until the top of the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. At this time on Fridays, we talk college football with Chris Landry. He of LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. You can follow the former coach and scout at Landry Football. Chris, how are you?
4: I'm doing great. I'm uh, getting, uh, getting in with excitement over this week's games, two major games, and one in particular, obviously, that uh, it's what makes college football unique, you know, to have these games that have a playoff feel uh, right, not in the middle of the season, but towards the end of it.
5: And a bit of an elimination game, maybe not even a bit of, an elimination game between Tennessee and Georgia. Um, we've talked a lot about the Tennessee offense, and – how much, if anything, will, you know, the crowd noise? And I mean, they played Alabama. They did it at home. They were able to make their changes, and it's going to be a great scene in Athens. Does crowd noise or does the being how much on the road take away from what Tennessee does offensively?
4: Not as much in terms of signals. They go so fast, it's a lot of hand signals. Now, sometimes when you, you're making communications because the splits are so long if you've gotta make some communication adjustments, that could be an issue, but you better, you gotta be prepared for that. You know, you're going on the road, so you've gotta have the hand signals and everything in order so that you minimize it. Uh, It's just, I think the atmosphere going on the road, it's always interesting to see because, you know, this team has not played a real tough road environment this year, the closest was LSU at 11 a.m. And LSU just, you know, turned the football over numerous times early. They've not had to go on the road. Everything has been done at home. So it's a unique challenge that we're going to see how this team that looks so hot is able to to deal with
1: Yeah, you could argue their toughest environment was actually Pitt week two on the the road, and, you know, we can all insert our jokes here. Um, What schematically – Is Georgia going to be able to do better than Alabama? Tennessee seemingly got their fastest receivers with a running start on Alabama safeties, and they ran by them for three long scores. They did the same thing against Florida, in which Florida actually blew the coverages, and two of them were wide-open walk-ins. What is it you think Georgia is going to do to make Tennessee's offense look different?
4: Well, they do a really good job out of bunch at stack sets to get, like, for example, Jalen Hyatt free. The, the key is, and when, you know, I went back and looked again at the Alabama game, Tennessee-Alabama game. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
4: And in, in what they do is they come to the line of scrimmage. It's a half field read, and they'll read the safety. If the se- if the safety is biting up, they're going to throw it. If he stand back, they'll hand it off. The untold story about this Tennessee offense is that they really want to run, and they will run, and they will run it very well, and this offensive line is playing very well. It's strictly a numbers game. It's not like they're going through progressions and finding the open guy. They will scheme the, open, uh, the guy open off of a stack set, and if you're biting, you don't have enough guys that can cover them correctly, and that's going to be an issue. So what Georgia has to do, what anybody has to do, is can you defend Tennessee's run game without putting extra numbers in the box? So you can't get the safety, like DeMarco Helms, in this case uh, for Alabama, peeking in, jumping in, biting in, because that's when they can uh, get you over the top. You've got to be able to defend the run with less numbers so that you can keep your guys back deep and help out. I, I, you want to play man, obviously. Now, Georgia is the same type of coverage scheme as Alabama. It's a pattern match. It's not man. It's not zone. It's a, it's a man within a zone. I think they'd like to play more man here. But in order to do that, they got to defend the run. And it's, everybody says, well, how, how did they stop the receivers? And you got to do two things defend the run without putting extra numbers and you've got to get pressure on hooker. You know, prior to the Alabama game, I talked about Alabama has got to be able to crash the mesh point. You've that decision where they decide whether he's going to hand it off or throw it. You've got to crash that and make, you've got to force the issue on when they make that decision. Alabama couldn't do it. and Nobody's been able to do it. Hooker's not been pressured. Can Georgia do that? They've not been a great uh, sack team but can they get good pressure? To to talk, go back to the run set again, Georgia has really good, particularly Carter, really good interior defensive linemen. So that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key when they got the ball. Um, that's that's the, the storyline. How do you do it? There are different ways you can do it, but it's about how well you execute it. And it all comes down to, can you defend the run without putting extra numbers in the box? Because that's going to be problematic to be able to have enough guys that can cover those those three receivers.
5: Tennessee blocked really well against Alabama. Smith now out for Georgia, one of their big linebackers. How much does that hurt Georgia in this running game because he's a key run stopper?
4: He It does hurt. No question he's an outstanding player. It, 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 no question it hurts. Um, probably not the worst thing that could have happened. I think that if, if you to tell me, you know, if – he was there and Carter was not, I think that'd be a bigger loss. Uh, they've Bill is really good. And they've got really good linebackers that have played a lot and have played well. Um, so yeah, it's a loss, particularly if one of the next guys goes down, but I think they're in better shape than people might think with that. But it's, it, look, you want to have all hands on deck here. and You rarely do. This time all right. Of year.
1: I'm Kirby and we're in the offensive meeting early in the week, and we're putting together the game plan. They've been throwing it a lot more this year with Stetson Bennett, but I think they've been doing it against inferior teams. I think they need to have their offense complement their defense. I think they need to go back to last year's offense. They need to power run this ball. They showed the two and three tight end look a lot against Florida. It's really difficult to stop. And I think they need to play the way they played in November of last year tomorrow that's not how they've played most of this year if you were advising kirby and the offensive staff would you keep bennett throwing the ball 30 plus times a game or would you go back to last year's offense
4: well that depends on how tennessee plays It see the reason why they're throwing it more is a they feel like they need a few more points that's the big overview
3: it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: But the biggest thing is if you're defending Georgia, what are you going to do? You have to stop the run. You have to put numbers in the box to stop the run, their run game because of their offensive line. And their backs are not like great, but they're really good. And they've got a few of them. So that, that determines why they throw the football so much. The tight ends and if you're going to if you're going to load the front, you're going to put eight man fronts, cheat an extra guy in the box. They're going to throw it against that and they're going to have success. Which I think you're talking about and I agree with is ball control. Break Tennessee's offensive rhythm by scoring six points pretty much every time you get it as much as you can, but do it in maybe 6-minute increments and not the the up and down. They they don't want to get they No one can just match the up-temple, fast-break, you know, basketball on grass that Tennessee runs. You don't want that. Georgia wants to make this a phone booth game. They do want to run it. They're going to want to – but but Tennessee's going to have to put numbers in the box, and they're not good defending the pass when they can't get good pass rush. So I think there are going to be plenty of, of plays that are going to be available to them in the passing game but I think methodically working, them, particularly with the tight ends. I mean, they got a lot of mismatch options. So I think it's about ball control, game control. There's no question if this is the old boxing match, if it's, you know, Frazier, Ali, and then, you know, Tennessee's Ali and Ropa, you know, just moving around. And then Frazier wants to come in, get them in a corner and just bludgeon them to death. That's what Georgia wants to do. And they can do that, but they can't get behind. So how they play defensively affects this. If they're down... David Mark, and, you know, they're going to have to throw it a little bit more, in it. they're playing into Tennessee's tempo because they have to, and that's what happens against Tennessee. You get behind. You have to play their game. They bring you into the deep water where you don't want to be, and then you get chomped to death.
5: Uh, You went right to where I was going, and I was going to ask you which team is – in a better situation with the two-score lead. Who does that, you know, I mean, if Georgia gets up two scores or if Tennessee gets up two scores, but you just talked about it, lulling that team into playing your style. Does Georgia have to, if they were to go down early by two scores, does Georgia really have to start chucking it around? Or do they still want to grind Tennessee and and be able to stick with their game plan?
4: Early, they don't have to give up the game plan. But you're down 14, 17 points middle of the third quarter then you 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 have to start throwing it but early you stick with your game plan it's as simple as that Tennessee's going to do what they do uh and it's just going to be trying to score as much as they can and here's the thing I think you, you, the, the key to in my view to stopping Tennessee defensively as best as you can make them go in chunks don't let them beat you with a quick score make them go on six or eight play drives it's just common sense Make on eight play drives. You may have a bad throw. You may have a tip ball. Um, they may drop a ball. I mean, just and all of a sudden they, you know, they're 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 not quite in rhythm, and all of a sudden you maybe you get them to kick a field goal instead of a touchdown. You give the quick score, then you automatically have that feeling of we got to make that up real quickly, and that's where they kind of get you into their deep water, as I talk about. I think you got to be patient here. Now the tough part of that, you know, you say make them go on a six or eight play drive and make them score in the red zone where the windows, throwing windows are tighter. And Hendon Hooker is not as good throwing into tight windows. He's the best in the deep ball throw. But Tennessee's got the best red zone offense. <laughs> it's one of the best in the country and the best in the SEC. So they get it done in the red zone too. That's why it's difficult. But I think that's your best chance to slow down. But I think your best defense is in some degree what you guys are talking about is your offense has to make it work for you and, and kind of break the rhythm of Tennessee's offense.
1: All right, Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. Follow him on Twitter at Landry Football. We've got less than four minutes. There's two other games we want to get to, so quickly. LSU-Alabama. LSU's a two-touchdown dog. Is this game closer than that?
4: Might be a little closer. I would say more along the lines of 10. I think LSU everybody's talked about they've gotten a lot better they have they've really grown brian has kind of figured out what this team can and can't do and he's maximizing that but a couple of things that jump out at me they got down against Ole miss and mississippi state uh and and they made really significant adjustments and, and basically outcoached and outplayed both of those teams and came back and won uh better get off to a good start because you're not going to beat alabama down 14-3, like you did the Mississippi State or Ole Miss. So I think that's going to be pivotal. I think who handled the bye week the best? How much better has the team, each team, gotten? I think unless, if Alabama plays a cleaner game, they make mistakes, turnovers, penalties, we know that's the great equalizer. LSU is capable of making this game close. They are capable of winning if Alabama plays sloppy. If Alabama plays a clean game, I think as is, is impressive as I've been with LSU, beating Mississippi State, beating Ole Miss is not beating Alabama. And at home against Alabama has not been the big advantage that, as it is against other teams. Alabama plays well in Baton Rouge.
5: It's usually – it used to be a big national game. It's not even a big game in the state. But Florida State and Miami, the Knolls trying to keep things rolling a little bit.
0: At LuckyLandslots.com.
3: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. apply.
4: They they are, and look, this I sum this pretty quickly. Miami's a disaster area, and this is more big picture for me. Mario's got to figure out who's on board and who they need to move away from. I think there'll be a lot of energy and emotion. Florida State's been a little more, the more consistent of the two, which is maybe not saying a whole lot, but they look like the better team clearly.
1: 60 seconds, Clemson at Notre Dame, uh, DJ back at quarterback. This is where he made his debut two years ago. Uh, your thoughts.
4: Notre Dame's playing with a little more confidence, a little bit better offensively, but not very good. I, I am concerned about Clemson as it relates to being like a national playoff team. I don't think they're that good quite frankly, but I think they're probably good enough to get this one going, but you just hit it just putting DJ on the bench and trying to tell everybody that he's the guy and he is the guy, but, He has moments where he just doesn't play very well, and if he doesn't, this could be a lot closer and a lot more scary for the Clemson folks than they think.
1: Ten seconds. Is Kansas State going to beat Texas and make the Big 12 title game?
4: I I think they are. I trust them more than I trust Texas, but this will be a challenge. Don't get behind early. Texas will play with a lot of emotion here.
1: There are four games involving nationally ranked teams playing one another. Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, Texas, Kansas State, and also Wake Forest, NC State to settle the dispute as to who's the second best team in the conference. He's Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. Chris, thanks. Enjoy the games, guys. Thanks for having me. Follow him on Twitter at Landry Football also. Chris Landry joining us.
5: That was a deep dive into Georgia and Tennessee, and then a little quick hitters on a lot of the other games. But it sounds to me like he likes Georgia. Yes. Yes. And likes him.
1: I got the points. I think he thinks Georgia's going to cover.
5: I think he does too. Miller and Moulton, Tampa, St. Pete, Lake City, Port Charlotte, we thank you for listening. We'll be back Monday morning. In the 239, the bonus hour is next right here on the Florida Sports Network.